we are back. All right. We went we went in with the selection. We did. She's sporting 2.0 the election. We're talking about these elections because oh my goodness. It's a lot to talk about, but to me, I feel like a real battle is between voting versus non-voting and people and and it's that de- it's that debate. It's that debate over whether or not a vote is valuable. Now, before we get into this, l- listen. Uh, uh, there's something that I wanted to ask you. First of all, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm a little better. Much better. I can. I can breathe. Still got a little bit of a cough, but I can breathe. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Did you do any? Okay. So look, we talked about last time because th- again, we're, we're continuing from before. All right. So again, we're we're continue. Let, let me let me get clear because right now my thoughts are hallelujah. All right. We are continuing from the previous episode where we're talking about the election. This is part two of our exciting, juicy debate on the current elections, the midterm elections, ladies and gents. I've been hungry all my life. What do you want to say? I'm going to just hand the floor over to you. Do you want to talk about any results or anything that's, do you think is relevant that people should be paying attention to as, in terms of the results of the that we didn't talk about before, obviously. Well, I'll say this much. There are, I figure there's a few candidates that, if nothing else, keep your eye on. Like who? Well, for one, let's put Ted Cruz at the top of that list. Yeah. Okay, now why him? Because not for nothing, he did something at the Republican convention that shocked the hell out of me. What? But that showed me that he has balls. What you he's just on the wrong team. When he came up and made his speech, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching this, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm like, okay. Who was he supposed to endorse? He was supposed to, be, he was supposed to be a Dustin Trump at the time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. yes. I do remember this. Yes. And okay. I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm watching. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And when he wrapped up his speech, even Trump, from what I understand, peeked out from behind the curtain and was like, huh? Like, I was like, whoa. And I quote, because I had a, a colleague that was in the room with me at the time, and I said, this dude's got steel basketballs in his pants, okay? Is he problematic? Does he have to his own party, if nothing else? Because I put it to you this way: if Trump had lost, he set himself up for 2020. Okay. You so, mean to tell me you think he's gonna be viable? Put it this way: I don't. Based on what he showed me thus far, I do not put it past him to challenge a sitting president. I don't. Ugh, I don't. Mm. I, okay, you know, because I know that a lot of times Ted Cruz gets into trouble. And and, and, more trouble often, and more often than not, majority in the past has shown that they don't typically challenge a sitting president. The sitting president would get his nomination, and that's that. It's that. Okay. It's, that's that. And the opposing party has to do his best to get him out. That's typically how it goes. I would not be surprised come next next year in 2019 when it's time for folks to start throwing their hat in for 2020 if his name does not come up. Okay. So do you think he can hold his own against Cuomo? Yes. You really think he can go against Andrew Cuomo? I do. I do. I truly do. Based on what? what? Okay, well, first of all, can we can, can you say that name for me one more time? Andrew Cuomo. Yes. If nothing else, Cuomo. He got, you running off the Cuomo name, baby. Your father was beloved and loved. Loved. I by still me, love his daddy. By, thank you. God bless the dead. We still love you to death. And nothing else. That ensured you. That you was given governor of New York, whether we loved you or not. Again, so it's I have, a legacy. I have, it's you. a legacy. It's yes. a legacy would you, God bless the dead, but would you be asking JFK Jr. that question if he was running? Yes. You would? They, they wanted him to run, though. Exactly. So if there was any, if you, uh, I guess, who, who I'm trying to think of a, a Republican, would you say he would be able to hold his own against uh, W, George W. Bush? Because that's probably who he would have had to rumble with at the time. Yeah, well, and, okay. So it depends. <coughs> One, you have two different uh, tracks to do that. You have the aesthetic, but, but we're talk- and you have the actual political experience in the policies. But keep in mind, we'll also talk about a legacy here. The Bushes are a political family as well, and they also own a legacy within the pre- within yeah. Congress and within I, I, within politics in general. So now we're talking the Kennedys up against the Bushes look, here. Like, come on. No, but look, had but the, but the Kennedys, of course, you know, have that legacy. And, as well, that's what I'm saying. We're and they about- have the, what they call the Kennedy Court that would, would, would definitely get behind him, not to mention current people. Had he lived... Oh, 
and it was heartbreaking when mm-hmm. it was hard i remember the day i was actually studying in london when that news came it was really difficult even there but had he lived and if he had wanted to run for president i mean just just him alone and his own personality and what he cared about the thing that just just his philosophy if yes i could see people voting for him just on the aesthetic alone the legacy next and just i think he was personable personable enough especially because i think he took more after his mother because I think she spent the, she raised him, right? Right, you know, and from the time he was two. And him and Caroline did not yeah. grow up on the compound with Stop. their cousins, right? So that gave them a different outlook on life. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even when Caroline was going to run, I think she was going to run for, for Senate. Go- governor, governor. Of, and I think, and, I th- and that was perfect. I felt like, come on, we need a female to climb into that governor's and chair. She, but I, but I think, I think. But she's doing her own thing. I don't think politics was ever necessarily really. Because she withdrew, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. So I don't think. It, I, I would have liked her. I think so, too. I would have liked her I a just lot. don't think that was the path in which she truly wanted to go on. Yeah. So I can't fault her there. Because John probably would have been more of yeah. the. And, and, that's a, and, that, and shamefully, that's something that we would. Well, sadly, I won't say shamefully. Sadly, that's something that we would never see. Sadly, that was something we would never see Robert Kennedy to see what yeah. he could have done. You know what? At the helm. I'm gonna be honest. There is one thing to have John F. Kennedy, but I really do think Bobby. Woo! He would have been a bad. Woo! He would have been a super bad president. Like first of all, he was more. He was the people's president and the force to be reckoned with. Yes, because he didn't back down. Yeah. When I think they felt that he was more of a threat than his brother. And if I might step to the side, if we might switch tracks for a minute, that was another reason why I was like well you know what come on but you know what he did though i think hillary this is what i think hillary did i think hillary took her cue from him in terms of being a carpet back in other words you go you you somewhere else but then you come to new york and then you register and you you become a citizen and then you run so you can be you know that's exactly what Robert Kennedy did, and I'm like, and, but he chose the right state to do it. Because yes. being from Massachusetts, he could easily went there. Because not for nothing, your brother had that state on lock. And you I could easily been, you exactly. could have been, been governor of Massachusetts if that's what you wanted. But he chose New York. And I think also for the leverage and the fact that if he was already in New York, he would he could win New York. So and, and there was no doubt. He would, first of all, you get New York in terms Northeast. of the presidency, right? Yeah. And you could get the Northeast. Yes, that because of the the, the, the power yes. of which your family held within the New England territory on its own. So again, I just. He, he was he was more of a he was more of a, a militant. He could stand up to J. Edgar Hoover. He I, the way he would stand up to Lyndon Johnson. I'm the more ambitious he was, and it was just like, uh, I mean, I would have loved to have experienced and that his sadly, presidency. That we never got a chance to see yeah. that. It's sad that we would never got to see JFK Jr. It's yes. shameful. That we could, that Ted couldn't get his chance. Yeah, that's shameful. I think he, you know what? I, I well, no, was, but that's nobody's fault but his own. So that's what I'm saying. That's but, why I feel like it's shameful. But I think also too, there was there was the speech he made in 1976, and his mother was there, and I didn't really see it. But you know, when if you watch the American Experience and you watch at the very end, even though he had Chappaquiddick, he was that's what hurt him. Well, it hurt him, but I also think that when he made that speech. When he was looking at his mother, I said, "No, he's looking at the legacy of the fact that he's lost." I've been hungry all night, and you're the last, you're the youngest you're, Kennedy. You're the young son, and in terms of running the family, I said, "I, I think he, but also, he did it for the safety, and he wanted to do it for the comfort of his mother." It's like I'm not because I, I think that if he had run, I think he could have been elected. Probably, um, he could have gone against. Um, he could have. He could have taken on Reagan. But I think the problem is like the history here is when we run. Oh no, definitely. When you put it up against that stance, yes, I think yeah. he definitely could have more so than. But what just to Carter, avoid assassination, I think. I think that um, unfortunately, he wanted to continue to give comfort to his mother because when you look at that speech and you look at his eyes and everything he's been through. He's like, okay, mom, I will, I, I'll just be a senator because I think it's too risky for me to run for president. And I, and I could, I could understand because he was looking around at everybody, and he was, the fact that he had the legacy of his brothers on his shoulder. He's like, look, and and he ended up being more effective. Like there was always something about him being in the Senate where you knew 
justice could always be performed. Once he passed away. Yo, they couldn't wait to get a Republican in that seat. That seat that he had held for so long. It's almost like, yo, are you going to step down at all? Nope. And he didn't. Not until he had to die. Yeah. He, he basically ran the Senate. And so I but think. But I had watched a documentary on them. Yes. And their father saying, like, you know, Teddy's doing great up on the hill. And he's right where he's supposed to be. Right. So, you're right. He's probably, he would have did right. But it was also, also probably being put in a predicament that he didn't anticipate to be in. Again, you had two. You were the youngest Kennedy. youngest. Not only just the youngest boy, but you was the youngest, period. Yeah. Your father wasn't pushing. for. He was pushing you into politics, but he wasn't pushing you into the Oval Office. Well, he couldn't because, you know, by that time, Joe Kennedy was already... Um, he but had no, a stroke. But no, no, he had had the stroke. He, but what I'm he saying just is, went like, from one son to, to the, the next. Other. But I don't think he, when the time came, I don't think he would have ever pushed oh, I him don't know. into. into I don't think so, because at that point, God bless the dead, Jack, as they called him, yeah. would have did his part. Bobby would have did no, his part. You know what? I have to tend to agree with you now, because I remember even when Robert went to announce to his father, to both the parents, that he was going to run, they were distressed. And he was like, Robert Kennedy was like, it's going to be all right, Dad. I promise it's going to be all right. And it wasn't. And so you're probably right that. Um, and then, of course, he passed away, I think, before all of, before. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he passed away before Trapper quit. Yes, yeah, yes. He yes. passed away before. But I think the idea is I just want to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Because I think that even though Joe Kennedy, because remember, he wanted to be president. And then when he couldn't because of um, because he spoke out against the president during uh, World War II, I'm going to say World War II, he spoke out against um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He basically ruined his chance. He was just the ambassador. He ruined his chances. And back then, every you know the the, the sensitivity of that. Right. And but remember. So the, and remember. And then Jack, it was going to be Joe. Then I was going to say. Joe I was about to say Jack wasn't the oldest. They lost Joe in the war. And it, yeah. And and of course, you know, it's all about you know the Americanism. And then he said, okay, I don't have Joe because Joe was the person. Then he went to Jack. And then once Jack got killed, I think he just said, wait a minute, I lost two of my sons. And then when Robert, oh, I just, I think out of all of the Kennedys, as much as I, you know, can appreciate John F. Kennedy, I just, I really mourn Robert F. Kennedy. Because he was, you know, he, he was the person that was shaken by poverty. And, and, and just the fact that he was just so, he was just hands-on with the people. And the fact that he, he fought for Latinos, he fought for people of color. It was just, he, he fought for justice, period. And you know what? He wasn't, even though he wasn't spotless, you know. Oh, not at all. Because there were, uh, from what I understand, there were conversations where King had come to him. Yeah. For help, for assistance, to do certain things. And Kennedy was like, well, you got to wait. You got to do. So there was a couple conversations that were had that I read about. And, um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I was they were doing, po- they were I was doing very, politics. I was very, very disappointed. Like, yeah. I expected more from a Kennedy. Especially you, Bobby. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. I think once he buried his brother... Uh, Jeff, uh, he was gone by that point. Because at this point, um, uh, King is battling with Johnson. Yeah. And he's coming to Bobby for help. And Bobby's like, I like, I can or I won't or whatever the case may be or not right now. Da, da, da. No, Bobby, I, I would expect more from you. Maybe in in the in the latter years, in the, right before he uh, uh, passed, he had passed. Tra- no, was murdered. Murdered. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's make sure that that's he was murdered. Because isn't it ironic? Like 1968 was a tough year. Because first you had Martin, and we exactly well, we exactly from 40 years. Yeah. First you had yeah we had Martin, and then, then had, and can you imagine Robert F Kennedy trying to comfort everybody, and then well that suddenly, speech was well, that speech was marvelous that he made on the night that King King was shot. Yeah. And I, I mean he was like my, my, I, I had a best, member of my family killed by a white man. Exactly, and you're doing your best to or to at least relate. Or to yeah. give the comfort to the people that you know, especially when well, that's when they Rise, latched on to him. Rabbit riots were going crazy at that point. Yeah, uh, Newark, Detroit. Uh, but, from what I understand, even Harlem, they was doing stuff up there. But here's the thing: when once he passed, a lot of leaders said, "Okay, all hope is gone at this point." Uh, and I was like, "Wow!" Because leading into the '70s, what hope did you have? Everything, especially because in the Malcolm, black, especially in the black. Well, Malcolm was well, no. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mega Evans was the first. Yeah. And then no, Malcolm came next. And then Malcolm, and then you had Martin, and then you had, I mean, and then you it's had Robert. A, and then, like, I remember The people who meant something. something. And I remember growing up, I was listening to a speech by, I think it was Al Sharpton, he was speaking. Yeah. And I turned to my grandmother, and I was like, Grandma, I've like, been hungry all my life. Why isn't he more out there? Like, why is it like, this is good stuff that she's saying. So, And she took a deep breath, and she said to me, 
your girl listen take it in but don't feed ever don't feed into everything that he says don't feed into everything just jackson says and don't feed into everything that um um farrakhan says and at the time i was like don't feed into it how they're all we have now who are you speaking of again Al Sharpton, jesse jackson and farrakhan now keep in mind again this is all my generation has to look to in terms of leadership in terms gonna, of black like at that time going up at that point at that point in time that's all we had so trust me obama coming in was a breath of fresh air coming in but yeah. I, did you Stop. listen I'm, I'm going to preempt this did you hear that sound effect when she said that's all we had think about it al sharpton jesse jackson and farrakhan now i understand farrakhan jesse jackson when he ran in 1984 that to prove a point he was doing that to show that the black vote mattered and that well, you wasn't gonna win without well, he it. was also a viable candidate he actually showed that he had foreign um policy skills we were really hoping that he would be the first but they they weren't gonna let him be the first because he would actually change some stuff he was actually gonna do something and by the time obama came in i felt like obama was the correction for the travesty of denying because at that particular point, well, do you remember? The no, no, the Democrat. Uh, do you remember the night that he won? Obama. Yes. Do you recall? First of all, I remember thinking two things in my mind when I saw this shot. I said, whoever got, whoever the cameraman is who got this shot, you gonna be paid for the rest of your life because you captured this. You got the close up of Jesse Jackson crying. Yeah. And I looked. I said, Oh my lord! And again, that's the first thing I said was, Yo, that cameraman is paid for life because you got that perfect dead set, dead yeah. set right in the middle of Jesse Jackson crying. And yes. in my mind, I'm like, He's crying for more reasons than one. Well, that, <laughs> but, but yeah, sure. It should have been his opportunity, and, it, it, and it's interesting because I feel like the election of a first of all, at that point, I I begin to side eye the Democratic Party because automatically. You, you associate the Democratic Party with all things civil rights, all things black people, all things Latinos, whatever. But when you look at Jesse Jackson, when you look at the fact that he didn't get the nomination, you're like, what? Why? So the Democratic Party got the side eye at that point. And so when you look at Obama, he tends to be the correction for the travesty that beset Jesse Jackson, I felt, and it was like, okay. But you took too long to do that, if that's the case. Yes, of course. Hence. But was there any other? Well, okay. Let me. Ask but you the Democratic. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. If had had Dinkin got his full term as mayor? Yeah. Of New York City, if he had got two terms. Yeah. Would he have been like the lead run, at least in terms of a black candidate for the presidency? Um. It's Keep in mind, I was a kid. I think it's possible, but I think because he would have needed to, he would have needed to exceed uh, Ed Koch. He would have needed to exceed the legacy of Ed Koch and really well, make. Well, I mean, in the way he was, had he got his second terms, everything yeah. that Giuliani did in terms of cleaning up New York City, quote unquote, and being one of the best mayors because he was mayor during 9/11, he did that on Dinkins' back. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think that New York politics is sort of adjacent to Chicago politics. And not for Chicago nothing, politics is tough. And not for nothing, I would not have been, like, in terms of what you said about FDR and mm-hmm. term limits and stuff like that. Yeah. Bloomberg, one of my biggest things about him, you gave yourself your third term. I wouldn't mind that so much had you not stopped Giuliani for getting his third, because not for nothing. At that point, I feel like we shouldn't have changed mayors. Yeah, the city was under under catastrophe. We were under attack. The city was bad. That was not the time for us to change mayors. So if anything, he should have stayed mayor at least for the next four years to get us through to see us through that. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. But no, Bloomberg, you wanted your time in. Yeah, and you made sure that he didn't get it. And he liked it. So and Bloomberg liked being mayor so much that he gave himself a third term. And again, this is why I was like, oh no, 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 no. I wouldn't mind that so much. Again, sit back and wait your turn. Let Giuliani get us through. This catastrophe. Yes, absolutely. Especially considering he was a city mayor at the time. Yeah, and he, he did an excellent job. I, I will give Giuliani that. That, and that's what I, again. Even Giuliani. Some of the biggest stop and frisk happened under his administration. In the city. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think. But yes, he. Cle- and for somebody who was under the board of Ed during both their administrations. Yes. I would take it under Giuliani's administration any day over Bloomberg's. You know. Okay. And so not for nothing. He was a New Yorker. 
and that's what I wanted. That was another reason why I put my support behind behind Bloomberg. I'm behind uh, De Blasio because I'm like, I need a New Yorker to run New York City. Okay, I want somebody who lived here, who went to school here, preferably public school, rode the damn subway, like understands how the average <laughs> so New Bloomberg, Yorker operates. Bloomberg, Bloomberg grew up in Massachusetts. You are not a New Yorker. Your Carpet heart is not bagger. here. Your heart is not here. And you got and you got to run the city for twelve damn years. But Bloomberg would argue, would argue, hey, I'm a New Yorker. I've been here. I've made my fortune here. I've lived here. Oh, I've you, been and in- you did it off of New Yorkers back end. As a businessman, you ran the city like a business at the expense of people's lives. I got a problem with that. Okay. Like for instance, I'll give you a prime example. Yes. There was a period of time where he was closing firehouses. You closed oh. some up in the Bronx. Did Wakefield? No, Wakefield was the only one that stayed. He closed the uh, he closed the Gun Hill. Um, firehouse, and there was another firehouse that he closed. Oh, and the one on City Island. Now, that was a big to do that they had to be open because uh, the Corp City neighborhood now has to cover three areas because of now that you closed. So, now in the event that there is a fire and they have to go out to City Island to do that, now the bridge is up and they can't get off the island. Mm-hmm. But there's a fire over here. Well, guess what? Those people are gonna die because the next one is all the way on the other side. Yeah. You idiot. Like, you're, yeah, you can't be thinking business. Sometimes it, you have to be thinking municipal. You have to be thinking in terms of city planning. You have to be thinking in terms of just public administration. The and idiot and it's that he good. put in terms of the idiot that he put in charge of the Board of Ed. Yeah. Look, you literally, I have to. I, I would, again, because I'm like, out of the things that de Blasio has to fix, baby, I wouldn't even know where to begin to fix the board of ed under what? your administration, honey. The, the, this charter school nonsense, this building schools within schools, like, my head hurts just thinking about it. It's like, instead of building all this bullshit affordable housing that you talk about, yeah. build a school. You got high schools that are bursting at the seams because so many high schools are being, so many students are being shoved into them. Yeah. No. And you know what you could do? Especially in a place like New York, you can also give incentives for homeschooling, schooling, for group homeschooling. You could also, yeah, I mean, you could do that. I, mean, I feel some type of way about that, but I mean, it's not that. I think it's a good and a bad thing because I've, I've interacted in college with students who were homeschooled. And let me tell you something, they were brilliant, they were bright, way more advanced than we were. However, one of them, social skills, none. Well, here's the thing. It depends on the student because, you know, that's what I'm saying. When you say, I said group homeschool because... They're, they, you can, or if you have different group homeschoolers, you can actually, you know, construct events that actually bring kids together for socialization. And, you know, field trips is one, just having like sports events, things like that. You can do that. The only difference is, is that they, it's just like somebody who goes to class in the basement of school versus being in general population. It's kind of, the, it's almost the same thing, but not quite. But I, I understand because sometimes that's a general worry. But, and especially today where everybody uses technology to communicate, yeah, that's not a good thing. Like, you definitely have to learn how to interact with no, this person. You, you actually have to structure it where if you're going to be homeschooling, I think is great. because. But the thing is you have to structure it where they learn social skills. Like, for instance, maybe what you could do is do a consortium. Like, if you're homeschooled, you do a consortium where you take maybe one or two classes, like either at a school or a college or whatnot, where you learn certain things in a group. But a lot of your basics you can learn at home. It's perfectly fine as long as you do that. And you construct social, you know, social things like field trips and, mm-hmm. and, and seminars and things like that. Things where you have to be in a group, but mainly, you know, those main hours. You can do it. I've, I, I've watched it happen, and I think it's mainly for the, for the parent that wants to indoctrinate their own child, which I totally agree with because I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I, I don't trust. I don't trust what's be, how how what's been I, I don't no, trust what's what's happening what, how they're trying to force certain things in schools to indoctrinate children and I just like me or taking things away like for instance one of the things that Bloomberg has uh, not Bloomberg yes Bloomberg one of the things he also did when breaking down these schools was take away programs exactly when dude. I was in high school our one of uh, the majors was mechanics. And when I'm telling you, we had a garage downstairs yeah. in the basement. Teachers would pull their cars in there and talk about, listen, I don't like the way my car sounded this morning. Can you have the students look at it? I'll be back at 3 o'clock. Yeah. When they school, that's when the that's students, efficient. Right. When the students left my high school, they were, they couldn't go work in a garage. Right. Right after that. Now, some of them would go on to, like, you know, maybe 
That was trade. That well, was like, for, like uh, Lincoln, like Lincoln Tech or something yeah. like that, just to get some more, like more hands-on training or what have you. But more or less, you were good to go work in the. No, that, that was education. That was what you call educational vocational training because when you do that, and I remember when you took home ec. I remember when you when you could do things that were practical. Or even and that was part of your not, socialization skills. And not even practical. If you want to look at it like this, I was a theater major in high school. Yes. But that led to communications for yes, me. Yes, yes. So th- uh, that's why a, a lot what they're doing today and just and taking away all of that. Well, the the way to, to put them back in the schools is you know as an artist myself, you go in there and they have to get termed under after school programs, which automatically requires a grant. So you you need arts and sports in school because that's where kids learn some of the most mm-hmm. valued lessons of sportsmanship, discipline. Um, where they learn how to develop their personalities. It's like, and it makes women feel enjoyable about being in the school because not for nothing, especially if this wasn't your zone where, okay, I live in this neighborhood, this is the high school I gotta go to. Exactly. If you didn't maintain your grades, they kicked you out the program. Yeah. So now I gotta make sure I do well in English and Spanish and science so that I can stay in the school, so I can stay in this program. It exactly. makes me wanna be here, which means you were going to school. Okay. I, you know how many people, like, you know what, I'm not dropping out, I'll go to school, I just gotta do the bare minimum because I have to be here. Okay, so look, let, let me ask this question. I understand the importance of math. Why? Because you have addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Fractions, decimals. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll add Percentage, those. Percentages. All right. Yeah, that's true. All right. Now, okay, you pretty much got to stop right there because have you ever used the Pythagorean theorem? No, but that's also not my line of work. I'm sure engineers have. So here, so that's my point. So if you take something like geometry, if you take something like algebra or calculus, my thing is is that you should only be required to take those classes if you're going into any type of architecture, engineering, or anything like that, science, medical. Well, I agree. I agree, because trust so, me, I failed trick all junior year. They had to put me in advanced algebra just to graduate this four times, because even to this day, that whole Sakatoa nonsense never I, clicked up here. I, I've never had, I didn't, I didn't, I never got around to trick in high school. I just was able to pass Be grateful. Away. Yes, I, I didn't have to, t- I think I took something else, but the, the, the thing And then of, my teachers were no help. They had me banging my head up against the wall, like, what is this nonsense, and when am I ever going to use it again? giving me this big old dookie calculator to break down these numbers that I'm like half of these buttons I have never used before. But see, <laughs> but if you had voc- some type of vocational class in place of that, something that you will be using throughout life as opposed to that, then it would be different. But see, can- that's where college, I think, differs from high school because I took a class called Math Media, um, no, Math Methods, something or other. And basically it was a different form of statistics. Yeah. But the way it was taught, it was so much easier Grabs. Okay, I think yeah. I ended up with like a B minus in that yeah. class, maybe, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which, trust me, Jessica never pulled those type of numbers in math before, ever. Yeah. So, again, I think if the foundation is of the concept of high school, which in the New York City is kind of drifted like college, except you have the guy's castle who's gearing you into certain uh, classes. But if you have, the, if you were an individual like me, mm-hmm. My guidance counselor didn't tell me what I was taking. I told her what I wanted to take. And you gonna oh, do yeah, your you got to watch these guidance counselors because these guidance like, counselors what, can 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 really really they can steer, they can destroy, they can build up a, a, like a person's future. You got to watch these ca- like guidance fences. counselors. Well, no, yes. not all of them always good or bad. Like Francis, mine was definitely good, but she was uh, like gearing me in a direction where it was like, okay, so senior year. I'm supposed to have a less schedule. Why is my schedule so long? Like, no, I'm gonna make you take classes. I'm not just not gonna give you classes just because you want to get out of school early. I said, who said anything about getting getting out of school early? Number one, even though that was part of the reason, but mm-hmm. number one, why do I have lab techniques on here? I've completed my science requirements. Why is that on there? Because it looks good on your college application. Well, then give me creative writing. I'd rather take that because I'm going to school for journalism, not for science. Well, you know, it's, so, so, and, she, it, and she switched it. I had legitimate arguments, yeah. so she switched it. Yeah, and and you know what? more students should be taught to fight for their curriculum based on what they want to do. Like, for instance, I think I'm going to just take a guess. I don't know for sure. But the idea of coding, you know, they've got a lot of young kids coding now, writing programs. I said, let that replace the some of that old advanced math, like trigonometry, stuff you're not going to use, because you're going to use coding. You're going to use computers. So if you put STEM in there, that's what, and they do have STEM all over the place, but if you use coding and anything having to do with technology and computers and STEM and all of that, that makes more sense to me. Well, no, and I agree 
to a certain extent in this day and age, yes. I also think that we should go back to certain basics. Like, I, you're like not going to use the Pythagorean theorem no, in but coding. No, but there's still a possibility that even though everything is digital today, you're going to write a check. And most yeah, students Home don't. Ec, that's what and you learn in home ec. And you don't know how to do these things. Now, my mother told me math for her was learning how to balance a checkbook. Yep. And she didn't realize until, I think it was what? 16, 17 years old that I didn't know how to write a check. Right. We were in the, I'll never forget. I was, it was whatever reason, there was no school that day. And she said, Stanley Steamers is coming to clean the carpet. I don't know how much it is. I left the check on the refrigerator. And I went to go look at the check and it was completely blank. So I ran back after her like, whoa, whoa, ma, wait a minute. All she did was sign it. I said, wait a minute. I don't know how to fill this out. Like, I don't know what goes where. Like, you gotta, and she looked at me like, you don't know how to write a check? No, I don't know yeah. how to fill out a check. They didn't teach you that in school? No, they teach us nonsense like Sakatoa, which yeah. is what I told her, which she knew, <laughs> she knew trick, but she knew um, cosine, tangent. What is the, it? What, what, yeah, see, tangent, all, the, see, look, all of that. What is What is it, Sakatoa? What is that? What is it? Sine, cosine, tangent. They used to break it down by Sakatoa. And again, I don't remember all of that because, again, I did this, I, again, I didn't You see pass. why, you, you know what? And you again, just proved the point right there. Just with that, I mean, you, you know how I learned. You know how I learned about writing checks and stuff like that. I because my mother had to go get a checking account because, again, my mother was brilliant. She would say, "You know what?" I was 15. She said, "You need a job," because I kept asking, "Mom, I want this. I want to get shoes. I want to get the latest person later." Da, 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 da. You need a job. You need. I, I need to teach you how to earn money to do this. Now, here's something revolutionary. I, I'm just gonna put out there for free. This is a free idea. All those summer job programs, everybody who wants to get a job gets a job. But why don't you let that count towards your credits? You're working. Just like home ec, if you get a job, if you're 15, 16, you get a permit and you work on a job, that should count as part of your education because God knows. Well, I mean, it goes on your on your resume as experience. I don't necessarily think that should count as credit. Otherwise, that would be an internship. You wouldn't be getting paid for it. I still think it should. I, well, I look the fact that you could get a job working here. Why not let that count towards something that you're learning? Even if you are getting paid for it, or not even if you're getting paid for it, I think that if you again you're only working for what three months. I'm telling you, this is where the the powers that be, the intellectuals, quote unquote, that run in academia, would not push that through because you're getting paid. Again, oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this. No, 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 I'm not, no. Here's here's my thing. Because if you're getting paid, guess what you'd have to learn how to do? Balance Put, that money. Balance that money. Is that not math? Do you, are you not are are you not juxtaposing how math helps you? And that that's my whole point. Because you're talking about discipline, you're talking about learning something, whatever it is you're going to do on the job or what you're going to major in in college. But you're also learning how to deal with banks. That's home act, people. But I, you know, that's just free thinking. Anywho, so let's get back to. Again, uh, well, let's talk about your girl. Okay, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. What's her agenda? Well, my thing is, what's her should agenda? We, should we, I, I anticipate, well, as you say, do you anticipate big things from her? You know, um, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know, because here's the thing. Um, when I think about, you know, who she is, Right now, the number one thing to think about is that she's going to be the first black governor of Georgia. Okay? So, let's let's see if we can look up her her agenda. Because again, you know, you know what I want, folks. Issues, all right? Well, here's my thing too. How is she going to benefit for you? We don't live down there. Okay, exactly. So again, but not that but, here, but look, but here's the like, and I look at that. She looks like such a peach. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. But here's my thing, though. Again, you're getting us familiar with who you are. Okay, so so th- these are some of the things that she has. She has affordable housing. Again, this is what every candidate is. Affordable housing, energy and environment, equal rights, health care, gun safety. That's again something okay. we desperately need. Well, but, see, but in those particular criminal justice, military. See, again, these are these. Okay, so again, uh, I'm just curious about this one right here. She has one for here, and she's in Georgia. Right? Who's there? Oprah's there? Tyler's there? In Georgia, yeah. Yeah, sustaining the film industry in Georgia as a critical driver of economic growth. So that's a great, 
So it's good to, to move and down there and increasing access to the arts and entertainment. Yeah, see, now that's a good reason to move down there because if she's going to commit, like she says, it's commit to funding and advocating for access, inclusion, and equality in our arts. So that means if you're going to be building um, theaters and things like that down there, okay? And, you know, if you're going to be building theaters, if you're going to be helping people fund their, fund their studios, if you're going to be helping them do these particular things, okay, that's a good reason to do that. Okay, great. That's a great, you know. Again, but here's, okay, so. I, so, so I don't see, so with this being said right here, she, I won't necessarily put her as a candidate for 2020, maybe 2024, but not 2020. Does she need to be a candidate? Does let's, she see, need, let's see what she does first. Yeah, again, let's my thing is, is that. Well, that's what I was talking about. When we first started talking, it's like, who do we see coming in for 2020? I mean, I'm telling you right now, after I listened to Andrew Cuomo's speech, his acceptance speech for governor of New York for the third time. Okay, so we got to name him. We got Cuomo. We got Ted Cruz. You got Ted Cruz. Well, actually, that's well, Ted, I feel like. I believe 100% that Cory Booker's going to throw his hat in the Because he's already in Congress. He's already there. Well, okay, well, okay, well now at this but point. But he went well, from Jersey to Congress, so I well, mean. Well, let me ask, well, okay, how many candidates, because well, at this point, the Democrats are up for grabs. Oh, so, yeah. So there's so going to be a the, lot of them. There's going to be a lot of them coming out. For That thing is you all need to, before we get to the end, y'all need to get it together and find out who what, who is the candidate that you want to represent. Because not for nothing, I feel like the Blasio is definitely going to try to throw his hand in here, too. And really? I, I think so, too. He might. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, willing to I'm, bet against that. I'm I don't know. As, I'm not as sure as I am about Cuomo, but I feel like he might take that shot. He might really? take that shot. He might take I'll, that shot. You know what? Cuomo, I think, would have a better chance because he's, he's more experienced. Yeah. And he's I, definitely I, more loved. It. And we already know that you can handle the state. Yeah. So, so I, taking care of one state, we know the Blasio, you can handle New York City. There's a difference in the end. I don't think there's anything major that the Blasio has done that's going to warrant, you know, him running off 50 states when he's just been the mayor of New York. And he's had some turbulence. He's had a lot of turbulence, even though he's achieved a lot. Well, I mean, he he has had some turbulence, but at the same time, I feel like when you do that, that actually don't work in your favor. Everything's done. What's bad is that him and Cuomo don't get along, so it's hard for okay. the city you to get the thing. Listen, it's hard for him for the city to get the bills passed that they want when yeah. your governor's gonna leave him sitting on his desk until he's ready to sign. Oh my God. Okay, so right there, I I feel like the Blasio needs to go ahead and just run for Cuomo's old seat. Just run for Cuomo's old seat and, and then do that. And well, then no, try because then uh, who, Lieutenant Governor, you're going to have to go up against them. Fine. Because who, who's Lieutenant Governor? Exactly. No, no, I mean, that. Well, the last time I knew who the the last time I remember who the Lieutenant Governor was was not when to, it was not, Patterson, and that because we knew shortly he was going to be Governor. So. But here's my thing not to put down the Lieutenant Governor, but, but that's my point. We know, we know who at least. De Blasio is so that's why I said no. He would have a he would have but a he shot. Would, he'd have to go. He'd have to go up and he'd have to go hard. And yeah, stay, especially exactly. In, like scroll up for a little bit. No matter of fact, go back to the CNN. Um, I've been hungry. Yeah, all my life. Go to yeah. New York. Okay. New York, New York. What are you doing all the way by Maine? I'm I'm trying to get there. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to look at. It. I see it. Click Thank it. you. Yeah. Look how much red is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Cuomo might have won. But that tells me there's a lot of areas in New York City that are like they have Republican mind. New York State, rather, that have the Republican mindset. So therefore, See? De Blasio, you want that seat? You gonna have to go up. You are gonna have to go upstate and let people know who you are. What well, I know? Who, oh, okay. No, you gonna have to go upstate no, and show and that, them who you are. No, no, no. You know what? What you're saying is he's got to deliver promises and tangibles. Hello. Well, one of them. Was, the way we should also be voting. Well, at the same time. Come on now. Well, and that's one thing that Cuomo did that I wasn't. I've been hungry all my life. What? Uh, Tapazy Bridge. Okay. No longer exists. Really? It's the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Oh well. Now I don't have a problem. That's personal. But I don't. And this person, and I don't mind. You again? Your father was very Can't loved. You, can you keep both names like formerly the Tapazy? Well, no. I don't, again, I don't mind that you changed the name of the bridge. My problem is that that costs money money that New York State didn't need to spend. Was it really that expensive? You got to change those signs. Remember, we had Tappan Z, Z Bridge signs even down here. 
in the city. So all those signs have to be changed that say Tapazee to Mario Cuomo. But you know, that you costs know. millions of dollars. Yes. When the RFK, when uh, they did it down here for Bloomberg, when um, in the Bloomberg administration, when you turn the Triborough, which was the perfectly named bridge to the RFK, again, I got nothing against Robert Kennedy. However, we didn't need a bridge named after you, especially at that time. Why can't city- you just do the Robert Kennedy Triborough Bridge? Uh, again, we are, why are we changing the name, period? This costs money, money that the state didn't need to spend. Well, you know, listen. Money they, that the city desperately listen, didn't have to spend. Listen, I, I, I understand. I still have the same conniption. When I was living in D.C., they had Washington National Airport. That's what it was. Suddenly it became Reagan Airport. Oh, my Lord. Yes. And I remember everyone was so quick, with, you know, because they were worshiping. After Reagan left office, they worshiped him to the point where it was like they put his name on but listen, I, I listen, you gotta admit, no matter what he's done under the terms of economics, when he left out of office, he left with a bang. Yes, he did. Okay, the bring down of that Berlin Wall was a big to do, and he made sure he made he put his stamp on history with that one. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, and for again, them, it, it, it again, worked. In and, and again, this is what you did on the way out. Who's gonna forget that? No, I mean. Listen, no one's going to forget that, but you know and what? And then my whole thing is like, then nobody, he gets all the credit. Is there anything named after Nancy? Of course who not. Who did a shitload for him? Well, she ran the presidency. Thank Everybody you. knows that. That's what that. I'm saying. So it was like, how about we name it that? How about that? How about the Nancy you know Reagan Airport? How about that? Of, no, you know what I always think about is is the last years of her life, you know, who's guarding her? Because, you know, she gets uh, Secret Service for the rest of her life. Yeah, they all did. And so... Now, mind you, I think they're going to stop it with Obama. How But anyway, um, <laughs> it's true. But, I mean, they're thinking about it. I don't know if it's actually passed, but they were talking about, well, you know what, to save tax dollars. I was like, you're not going to leave him out on his own like that. You can't. Hello, because that, that's the case in good. Make sure Trump's I, I will get, okay, let me just, uh, before I get back to Nancy, I will give Obama now. this. Yes, he got Osama Stop. bin Laden. He got him. That, that made me feel like, okay, we've got a viable president. I'm in sorry, there you, did, for- you did something within the first term that Bush couldn't do in eight years? Exactly. I, I, you know, so I mean, I, I still have that, that particular soundbite argument about us, but I will give him that because I was like, look, that was a, that was a hole that was blown in America. That 9-11 blew a hole in all of America. I remember how depressed I was for a week after that. And then crazy. I imagine the folks that live here. I lived in New York City my whole life. I ain't never seen my city like that. Yeah. People, we normally, are, as they say, New York is always on the go, always on the hustle and bustle. Da, 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 da. Not that, not fucks. <laughs> it took, I think, a whole year before the city could get their pet back in our step. Yeah. I went downtown for something, something for school that they sent us downtown for. My job in high school. And I'm looking around me. People's heads are down. People walking slow. When have you ever seen a New Yorker walk slow? Yeah. It, the city was literally depressed. And it sta- I remember that was the first year they really bought in the, they, they put in Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. Now, that's a known thing now. But back yes. then, they normally wouldn't do it to right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That year, they did it before. They were trying to live and bring the spirit back into New York. New York, Christmas did not feel like Christmas that year. Whoever went well, downtown you know, to see the ball drop, Lord, first of all, do you remember when they had the color schemes yeah, yeah, yeah. on like high alert and stuff yes. like that? Who the hell was taking themselves downtown that year? And whoever did, more power to you because I was safe and confined in my own home. Well, you that know year. what? Well, here's the thing. You know what? In, okay, so even in DC, you, if you could get on a certain train, you could see the Pentagon. And it was really devastating to see a huge hole in the Pentagon. And you can still smell the. Oh. So when you pass by the Pentagon, you just see this destruction. It's like a hole in the Pentagon. And that's when you really, again, and then when you see, like, for instance, I, I, I can't watch, rewatch, because they'll always show the people jumping out of it. To me, that's tough to watch. And nothing, nothing, that's one thing that bothers me all the time, because I understand that. And they're trying to identify who it was. I was like, oh, I can't do that. I know that. that's a big government building and all kinds Where of things. Where are the towers of government like built? No, 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 the Pentagon. My thing is, you show the towers all the time, all the time. I never once saw. Or even plane. Pennsylvania. Right. I never saw that the plane going to the Pentagon. I never saw it. And that was a huge motherfucker. Yeah. So that they saw it. I know no, they did. took out a big part, part of, of the, the Pentagon. Like, I know you took out a clunk, a chunk. A, and, and usually for you to be able to do that at the Pentagon, that's, that's why, I, I, you know, a lot of people in D.C. felt so vulnerable because it's like, this is the Pentagon. This is supposed to be the pinnacle of our defense mechanism. So if you were able to do that, 
people felt scared because it's like I'm sorry, could we go could we go back about sixty some ideas for a second here? Yeah. Uh Maybe because I was intoxicated and I don't think about things as much. Like, no. no I, th- I get, no, I go hard sometimes when, like, I got a little chemical imbalance. It actually helps me think even further. And um, Pearl Harbor was on. And yeah. And I was so happy to be watching or have you. And I went back. I actually had to rewind. I said, wait a minute, go back. And I watched. Whoever orchestrated this was freaking genius. Mm. When they took down to Arizona, that pilot angled that bomb to go straight down right into the heart where you knew all the bombs were stored or all the weapons were stored on the Arizona, which wow. helped when they exploded, it, boom, it was a, first of all, we had to bring down the Arizona, that was our biggest ship, yeah. our biggest muscle, all of our, um, most of our artillery and all that was coming off of that. Yeah. When you, so again, you sunk our most proudest ship wow. back in the 40s. Wow. We are in the millennium now. I'm not surprised at what you could do. Yeah. And a piece of me feels like I think if you yeah. were born any time after 1975, yeah, that generation was pretty much trained to believe like we were invincible. Oh you yeah, that you were not gonna who you wouldn't touch us, you wouldn't dare strike America, you would you wouldn't have the balls to do it. Oh, they did, and they will. Well, and now we and now we saw that. So I well, think- the Reagan era was very very big on building defense. His his main. That was such a prized possession during the Reagan era to make sure that they spent a lot of money building a, a high military, especially because Russia was the main mm-hmm. enemy at that time or the, 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 the nemesis. And then, of course, ironically, you know, Russia had collapsed and because and, it was the Cold War. So it right, was... Right, before the Soviet Union. Yeah, I mean, and so, but but we, it was still a big deal to have the defense. So, of course, we're, you know, I'm sorry, America, but, you know, going over and invading all these different countries and, and all that stuff. And I didn't realize that uh, Bin Laden was the Doberman picture that turned on us. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Well, listen, if nothing else, uh, because there was a couple of guys in my neighborhood that worked on um, the grounds in my neighborhood mm-hmm. who went to Desert Storm 1. Right. And they were like, yo, that one was a joke. He's like, when the powers that be came through, they asked us, who wants to go? Who wants to go? He goes, oh, cool. wow. But they made up for it in Desert Storm 2. Yeah. That was the war that we did. He was like, trust me, he was a, he goes, yo, Desert Storm 1 was a joke. He goes, but Desert Storm 2 was far from the joke, and they made sure that Desert Storm 2 was not going to be a joke yeah. because of what had happened. So, again, I'm not saying it wasn't a good or a bad, but it definitely gave a generation of Americans, a couple of generations of Americans, a, a rude awakening. So, you know what? Here's the thing. Okay, and I, again, I'm still thinking in the back of my mind about Nancy. Because all of those who, well, just one second, because I'm all those who, who survived World War II who were still living. You know, survived Vietnam, Cold War, Korea, you know, Nixon. <laughs> they have read, they are, they, there were no surprises for them, I feel like. So now leading into the 70s, going into the 80s and 90s, there was nothing really happening, at least home to, So again, that needed, something needed to happen to ensure this generation of Americans, like, oh uh, no, you need to wake up. Okay, so wait a minute. This is a perfect segue. Not that we have to stay, we, we, we're gonna stay on politics. But don't you think it's interesting that based even on that philosophy, when you want to keep maybe, you know, the, the, the spirit of uh, patriotism alive, this is where you go, where, where do you go to address America when you want to keep the spirit of patriotism alive when it comes to these wars that we're talking about? Where do you go? At this point, I don't know where because you, I can't, know. you can't get the youth. I, oh, yes, you can. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Yes, you can. How, how do you get the youth? How do you get the youth? Ready? Because, wait a minute, wait. Are you ready for some football? You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the football game, baby. Because, listen, that's where they're going now. Because they've managed to, this is what we could talk about. We could talk about how politics have been merged with sports. Because, it's, because sports can serve as a built-in pep rally. For candidates, for troops. True. So that's that's what I would say. I would say that yes, that's but exactly. They always, to no, a certain extent, like, you know what? what no, the Pledge of Allegiance, hand over the heart, and and the national anthem. We've always done that. But then suddenly you've got troops carrying the American flag and planes flying over, 
that didn't happen until like 2008, no. 2009. I'm sorry, what was that, the Super Bowl that year when uh, Whitney sung? Desert Storm. Okay, did they not have, uh, that was a big That was studio. merging war and politics. For the it first was, time. Right, they did. So, that. They, so again, it wasn't like they was, this is it's not something that they've been dibbling dabbling right, but they for had, the first. But for, they didn't. Uh, do, now they, you no, s- again, they were promoting, listen, they were promoting the war. It didn't happen before then, but then it really had it really hadn't been done since. I mean, it's, it, it again, it didn't dominate the presence of the game. You never saw military and politics dominate the presence uh, dominate the presence of the game. Now, again, we have another episode where we talk about Kaepernick and the whole idea of kneeling in the military and blah 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 and the flag, blah blah blah. Um. But the idea, like for instance, when uh, Vice President Mike Pence showed up at the game, <laughs> you know, again, it was it was again that was a political move to show up at the game to make a statement. Hello, last Super Bowl when my Eagles win. Yes, you had Daddy Bush. They rolled him out in the wheelchair. And remember, this is before Barbara passed. I've been hungry all my life. You strolled up. Now, when they stroke, okay, I, you know, should I? Well, pull? I thought that was ironic because here it was. Two weeks prior, you were too ill to make it for the inauguration, but they stroll, they rolled your, yourself right out in the middle of that football field for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so people can, you know, do all that. I mean, even to do, you know, presidents who have thrown the first pitch at a World Series or a particular baseball game. I get that. Those are like, you know, nice little symbolisms, but. Where it has become a way of thinking, a way of thought, where you, so it's football, flag, military. Those are at now they're like sort of married. Well, no, no, and I and I get where you're coming from right there, with there in terms of sports, yeah. especially if you're trying to get young minds. However, the ones that you want to actually go out and fight this war, yes, yeah, that's not gonna happen because not for nothing, I think Vietnam showed us that you cannot sleep on the youth because it really, was youth, it was the youth who. First protested the war. It was the youth who was coming out in the droves. Now, granted, a lot of them might have been, you know, pot smoking hippies or whatever. But again, they had a say. They had a voice, and they used it. They felt a way, and they went to the streets and they took it there. Oh my! So look, <laughs> but people are joining the military. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying again, if you want, you you say yeah. how do you try to like enhance oh, war that- and how do you keep the patriotism? Okay, again, they're, they're going to the football games. They're going to the basketball games. And these youngins are going to the football games, and they're sitting up there, and they're laughing, and they're applauding this. Yes, <laughs> but you think they're going to put that uniform on and go and fight for you? I think that's a different story. Ugh. I don't. I mean, if you offer them enough benefits, if you pay their way to college and... and would it guarantee that I get this on the way out? I mean, like, you're the same way you guarantee me certain money we gotta a football take, player? We got to take a survey. <laughs> Because there's, there's been a couple of jokes where, you, you know, what are some reasons it's, that people end up in the military? Some people, it's like either jail or the military. That's one. I mean, okay, at some point that was the only option for Some people want to go to college. It, a lot of times I believe that today people, it, because at the time of the Vietnam War, it was all about the draft. Um, around Desert Storm and 9-11, it was about fighting for your country. But... All throughout those times, you know, a lot of people are making what is called practical economic reasons, like you're in the military to make a living. Well, yes, yes, and I know, okay, yes, and I agree to that. And you got more chances of getting that when we're not at war versus when we yeah, are at war. Exactly. And when we go into war, you're gonna need more bodies. Are you trying to get these young bodies to come out for you? So you want me to go fight for this country? So I'm sorry, you want me to go put, you want me to put on this uniform, put this gun on my hand, and go ahead and shoot and fight for this country? Mind you, this country just shot my father. This country just shot my brother. Ooh, okay. All right, look. Okay, let, let's let's let's, let's, try, let's uh, backtrack. Stacey Abrams will. This is what she says she's going to do. She's going to improve transitions from service to school and career. In veteran homelessness in the state of Georgia. That's key. That's a national travesty. Yes, it is. And it, and, it, and, it, and it speaks to your point. Why? Are, there's no reason for a veteran to be homeless, period. I agree. Though, and it's not even so much vets. The way we treat our elderly in this country is terrible. Yes. And oh. vets fall right underneath there, if not worse. So, um, 
yes, I, I totally I mean, agree. It, it, so so I mean, that's what I'm saying. This guarantee, you, even when we're not at war, you want me to come in so I can make uh, my career and make a living here. But when it's all said and done and I take off that uniform, do I have my benefits? Yeah, I mean... I, I, I know I know that he did two terms in Iraq. He can't even go get his damn teeth fixed. Mind you, his teeth are grinding down because of his post-traumatic stress at night. But He's that's why they stuff. have things like a VA hospital. So, you know, that's why you have that because you've got to take care. Look, okay, so look, here's what, again, Ms. Abrams has. She's going to, for aging, strengthen state's commitment to aging and disability resource centers and home and community services. Increase access to transportation. Support caregivers and promote Alzheimer's research and awareness. Support um, employment first strategies for Georgians with disabilities who want to work. Prioritize inclusive educational supports and opportunities from cradle to career. See, here's the, yes. Okay, so, oh no. Oh no, okay, breaking news. Stan Lee, Stan Lee passed away at at at, the, at 95. Oh no, Stan Lee, Damn. the creator of everything, all things Marvel, all all our superheroes, Spider Man, the Black Panther. What did he do? Superman too? He did Superman, Captain America, Captain America, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I'm telling you right now, Comic Con's gonna be crazy. Between not for nothing, I haven't felt like this since I found the Jenkins. Cause not for nothing, you, you I'm, I grew up with all, all your stuff. Fraggle Rock, Muppet Babies. Um, didn't he create uh, uh, the Flash? Didn't he create? Uh, that was Stanley. Flash. Yeah. I mean, Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil too. And I mean, the man I'm, without fear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the Hulk. Oh my. Oh. Yo, that was the what was that in the Avengers? Oh he's like, I have an army. I have so he's like, we have a Hulk. Yes. <laughs> we just have the Hulk. Oh, Stanley, That's rest in rest in peace. But you know what? Dang, ninety-five. Oh, you lived a long life. He lived a long life. And look, when did he create these characters? Yeah, so then he gets to live off of the characters that he creates. And he was a create, and he's in every movie. Remember, he's got a little cameo in every movie. Yeah, so he'll always live on. He'll he'll live on, and your legacy will live on. Oh, and we send our condolences to. No, I think his wife has already passed. His children. Yeah, I think he might have. He might have. To the Lee family, condolences. Oh man, but he yeah he was very groundbreaking. Well, okay. Do you have anything else that you want to I'm, chime in I'm on with somewhat, politics? I'm just somewhat pleased with the elections. Okay. For the, for the midterm elections, I'm very pleased. And I think 2020 is going to be extremely interesting. Oh, yes. Because look here, Donald. I'm just trying to see what else here. Um, Donald, look here, Donald. It's going to be a tough race for him. Then again. We don't know that. I, I, I get, you know again, what? Again, Just whoever, the fact that he even got in there. Whoever Look. the Democrats put in has to be able to go up against them. And again, we don't know within your own party it's not who's going to challenge listen, you. It's not even about Cause Donald. I feel, cause I feel it's like, really going to be about the voters. The voters have to be able to go up against his voters. It's not even about the candidates. We know that every other candidate is probably going to be better than them. But it's a matter. It's voter. It's voter turnout against, against voter, voter turnout. turnout. Again, let's just see what happens. Voter turn out. But again, whoever the Democrats put up, you better put some you better put a strong one it, who's got balls. And again, we don't know who's gonna challenge him within his own party. He may not even get the nomination. Who knows? There's a, there might be another candidate crazy. who's very well liked in the dem, in within the public. Party. I believe he'll get the nom <laughs> I believe he'll get the nomination. I mean shit, so you said there was people in his own cabinet. Who's to say That's true? Who's to say Pence won't challenge you? Your own VP. You know what? I believe that that would now that would make a good movie if Pence came out and challenged him for the presidency. I don't think he'd get it, but I mean, just the fact that he would challenge him for the nomination. I I think he would get it. First that, of all, that would be like okay, y'all got some serious problems. Damn the Republican Party, y'all got problems in the White House. But I believe he could get it. I believe that Pence could get it if he challenged him. I really do believe it. I don't. I'm know. sorry. I believe it. I don't know. 
you haven't shown what the hell have you done as VP thus far? Well, VPs are using foreign affairs, yes. They in the background, they, you know. No, 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 no. I would believe that, but within my lifetime, I knew every vice president. Every one of them. The vice presidents made their presence known, and but everybody knew who Al Gore was. I, I everybody knew who Dick Cheney was. Dick Cheney made his presence known. Oh God! And I mean, come on, we all know Biden. Yeah, okay. we know Joe. I like Joe. Like, like, I almost, I'm like, yo, are you uh, a spokesperson for Ray Bans? <laughs> I mean, come on, like we about the, the last couple. Even what was it, uh, Quail? Yeah. Uh, Dan Quayle, like, come he on. Was, he was a, and I, you, I was a kid, and the only reason why I remember that name is because he couldn't spell potato. Oh, my God. I know. They made a big <laughs> deal out of that. He learned how to spell it after. I bet he never misspells potato. But you know who I would have loved to have seen? I, I definitely would have lo- I was really. I think we were hoping for Gore because it would have been an extension of Clinton. But that well, was that, that an extension that we necessarily wanted. But again, I, I, I wanted I, it. I would, I, I'm I, not gonna lie. I would have wanted it too. Because it would have gone slightly in a different direction. And I feel like any mistakes that they both made in their administration, he would have rectified them. Yes, I agree there. I've been hungry and um, I probably wouldn't mind seeing Joe Biden run. Well, I knew. I don't um, think he's going to. No, no. After his son passed, we knew he. I knew he was done. Oh yeah. What if he lost two children? He goes, you, did, you, you served your time. You When the time came, it was like, listen, you two did your part, especially you, Biden. Go, go. You, the bombers want to go back to Hawaii and lay out. If you want to go back to Delaware and just chill out, you've earned the right to do so. Go be with your family and go lay out. And let me tell you something. That was one of the saddest things that I ever say up until my life. My, oh. my, my time on this earth, one of the saddest things I ever saw was to watch the Obamas get in that helicopter and take off. That was painful. It was because it was it was the uh, yeah it was kind of the end of hope, end of an era. Because I don't know when we're gonna I don't know when we're gonna see that again. I think people feel like this can happen. Well, I told a friend of mine because when we went to his um, inauguration the second time around, she was like, "Okay, that's it. We're done. This is a one and done." And I said, "This can't be one and done. We have to do this one more time, if not twice." She said, why? I said, because we got to do it for the first woman, and we have to do it for the first black woman, if it's not one and the same. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. So at that point, we were like, she said, okay, so if Hillary wins and wins, we're back here in 19, and that was the plan. Okay. If she was the one, we was going to go to her inauguration, and that was, we have solidified for the first woman, and now we're just sitting around waiting for the first black woman. Oh, wow. I have a feeling that it would be one and the same. Oh, that that first woman that sits in that seat will be a black woman. Okay. Or all my person I've got honestly, you know who I would love for it to be? Who? Sasha. Obama? Yes. Okay. One usually follows mommy, one follows daddy. And let me tell you something, she's got a mother's attitude. Yeah, that's true. And I think They're that cute, would work. And yeah. that would work just yeah. fine. I remember all she has to do is be done. Wow, man, that's good. Baby, be... you go into can you imagine? Can you imagine? Think about this. Let's think about this for okay. a minute. Years she steps to that podium. 45 years ago, my father stood in front of y'all as the first African-American president. Today, I stand in front of you, the first female president, first female American president at that, and that will be the one to give us the balls where we don't have to wait for anything, because I don't think she's, she don't strike me as a type to be like, oh, you want me to Kyle tell you? No, I said we're going to sign this bill, and this is what we're going to do. Next, what's next on the agenda? I keep saying. And look, uh, Martin Luther King's granddaughter. Because not, not for nothing, isn't that we wanted? Part of us wanted Michelle so badly, but she she didn't even want to be first lady, let alone have to be president. So she I'm made a say, good first lady. But oh, yes. you, she was a damn good first lady. A she damn good one. Yes, As a matter of fact, I had to tell um, a, a, a student of mine, because they kept going on about our current first lady, Ivanka, I believe. No, excuse me, Melania. 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 I said Ivanka. Well, technically, is the first lady because she's the one pulling the strings behind Daddy, not the not the wife, the proxy. But I told her, I said, okay. I've been hungry. Eleanor Roosevelt. Jackie Kennedy. Okay. Nancy Reagan. Okay. Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama. What do all these five women have in common? They ran the presidency. Thank you. They were not. They weren't just first ladies who sat in the back and decorated the White House and this stuff. They made even Jackie. That's what she did. But she made her presence as first lady out there, and she put it out there. She was doing stuff. Okay, I said this name would never be lined with these five. I, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm making my own sound effect, but I think I'm going to have to put an explosion there. Uh, wait, let's listen for. Let's listen for it. 
Okay, there we go. Oh God. Uh, but but here's the thing that you know wait, you, you, kept, you, talk, you kept trying to make a point about Nancy. No, you, no, no, you know what? I, no, I thought it was cute because Nancy had, you know, there was a, there was a movie that came out called Guarding Tess. Yes, with Nicolas Cage and Shirley MacLaine. It was yes. the funniest thing in the world. Right. And I keep thinking about uh, Nancy Reagan being Tess. And I was like, can you imagine what it's like, what it must be like to guard her? Even up until the very end, it was always presidential. Even though it was laid back, it was very, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going anywhere until that seatbelt is fastened yes i know right <laughs> i need to go to uh, uh whole foods to get my you know I, and i you know I, I, there was such reverence for her first of all i'm almost grateful at secret service aren't you grateful like there weren't many children in the white house there was caroline and jack and there were uh the, the bush girls and yeah. even then they were older like they went college well there was college. no the, the, there was also amy uh amy, yes, yes, amy, amy. carter and then there was chelsea but wasn't she also older no, Amy? she Amy. wasn't a child, was yes, she? Yes, she was. She was young, young. She was young. I don't feel like she was a teenager. No. Like almost like not high school age. Um, I don't think she was that old. I think she was no. She just wasn't as visible. Yeah. Okay, like, like so, Chelsea, like she was probably like how Chelsea was. was. Around okay, Chelsea's so Valley. okay, so she, Chelsea was young. So yeah, and then you had um, Obama girls. So yes, there weren't many children, children, which I think is being Secret Service. That's probably better off, and they're probably happy about that. Because yeah, me honestly. I'm a little troublemaker. Yeah. So I run away from my Secret Service all the time. Well, there were also like, the Bush girls. I, well, see, okay. Let's the talk Bush about the, Can we talk about the Bush girls just for a split second here? Oh, because, look. okay, they were older. Half of the time when their names ended up in the press, I'm sitting back because my grandma would be like, look at these girls. And I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing wrong. <laughs> I never under, I understand you. To, you're the president's daughters, yes. So of course, there, there's a certain foundation, I guess, that they want they to go. Keep. They, they went but on they spring break. They went to the they went to the frat parties. They weren't doing anything. Any 18 to 20 year olds weren't doing. So when, again, I'm like, what exactly are they doing that so wrong? I don't. They treated understand. they treated them like preachers' kids. That's the thing. And they are bushes. They are yes. anything but. Yes. So they treated they treated them like that. But here here's the thing though. Martin Luther King's granddaughter, who I think spoke at a recent, I forgot which rally that she spoke at. Um, it might have been, was it Black Lives Matter? Was it, I think it might have been that. Or it might have been LBGTQ. I don't know. I think it might have been Black Lives Matter. Whose daughter is she? I'm not sure whose daughter she is. But if you, you talked about Sasha, by the time Sasha grows up, and if you have Martin Luther King's granddaughter grow up, I said, ooh, that would be kind of cute. Hungry, Again, I'm looking at the aesthetics of the what, situation. As them running together, you mean? Either running together or her, or her serving with Sasha in the cabinet. That would be, oh, man. Oh, man. Just my the heart, legacy of that. My heart is smiling right now. <laughs> Just the legacy that. of that. Just the legacy of what that would mean um, symbolically. So, okay. So, here's the thing. We will go on and on and on about this, but we're going to wrap it up because... We're going to wrap it up. Like I said, I just think I'm pleased with the 2018 midterm elections and 2020. We got everything we, we that was needed. For now. For now. But again, I think 2020 is going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. So we'll see. And then and then you can come back and ask me and I won't go. You probably will. You probably will. No, somebody, somebody got to please me. You, you, you know what? I need, I need somebody. You know, back in the old Western days, when uh, that sometimes if you were being cruel to a, a guy and you wanted to dance, you just shot that gun and say, dance, dance. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like I'm the gummy. Do, pew, pew. You know, it was it's that kind of thing. Dance for me, dance, dance. Well, if that's the case, who else do you think is shooting that gun at them telling them to dance? The money. Anybody with that follow the money. That's 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 right. That is what's ruling politics. So okay, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, she's sporting like that. We have sported, we sporting knowledge, politics, life. And we threw a little bit of sports in there. But we'll get back to you. We will get back to you where we will be sporting sports and life. So for those of you, thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, like, and definitely comment. I know I, we're, we're going to get a lot of comments based on what we said. That's cool. Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yes, yes. So please like, subscribe, comment, and we will see you. Or we will be speaking into your ear next time. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everyone. Take it easy.